using a dull axe requires great strength. So common sense, wisdom, God's sense says, sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom, and it'll help you succeed. Now, I've cut wood with a dull axe, and I've cut wood with a sharp axe. Trust me, a sharp axe works way better. You're going to be wore out and have blisters and hurt in places you didn't even know you could hurt at the end of the day regardless. It's going to be worse if you do it like a dummy. See, see, you think I'm talking about cutting wood. Marriage is going to make you hurt in places you ain't never hurt. Raising kids going to give you pains you ain't never had. Being a Christian is going to be more difficult and wear you out at the end of the day. Way more than you ever know you could be wore out if you do it right. It's way more difficult if you do it like a dummy. Pastor Mike Steer in Rochester, my associate pastor, he's the pastor now of Rochester, turned 48 yesterday. Happy birthday, Pastor Mike. Congrats on doing a great job in Rochester. He had one phrase he said to his children when they would leave the house. He'd say, hey. They'd say, yes, sir, dad. He'd say, don't be an idiot. Life is hard. It's even harder when you do it incorrectly. What, what I think the Holy Spirit, uh-oh, is trying to tell us is, is, is there's a promise of a sharp edge. There, there's a promise of a cutting edge. There's a promise of supernatural for your natural that's gonna make a job that's already hard, already difficult, easier if you will just get the God sense, the download from heaven, that his way is better. Does it make sense? Makes sense. I, I think there's a scripture that I can share with you as you're seated this morning. Father, I just pray your spirit's already here. It's sweet, it's rich that um, out of all of our confusion, all of our hurt, pain, out of our dysfunction, out of, out of our pride, God, that today somehow you would move through all of that and heal, that you would renew, that you would restore, and God, that you would help us to walk out of here with the promise that you've made us of this cutting edge, that this cutting edge would help us not just in our witness, but in our walk. Not just in our talk, but in our temper. Not just in our lecturing, but in our listening. Not just in our pricing, but in our parenting. God, that this gift you've given us that's intended to make the job easier, we would leave with it fully intact operating in the wisdom, seeing great success that you promised. In Jesus' name, I ask this today. Amen and amen. Would you put your hands together for Pastor Chad and the worship team? Let them know how much you appreciate them. You've been up here a long time. Thank you, Pastor Chad. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's in 2 Kings chapter 6. It's going to take this thought that Solomon was just teaching us about in the book of Ecclesiastes and expand it for us. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 7 in the New Living Translation says this. One day, the group of prophets came to Elijah and told him, as you can see, Elijah, the place where we're having meetings with you is too small. 
Side note, the place where we're having meetings with you is too small. Now, how many of you are coming to the Israel interest meeting this afternoon at 2 p.m.? Just, just raise your hands. Just, there's nothing to sign, nothing to commit to. It's an information meeting. We have, as I heard last, there's about 50 of us going. Myself, two other pastors. One has been 18 times. One has been 38 times. We are going to have the guide of all guides that knows everything about everything. We're going to see more stops in one day then you will see it a tour that costs twice the amount that this one costs. And the reason we have it locked in at the rate of two years ago is because I was taking 50 people in Rochester, got canceled due to COVID, and the booking agency is honoring the price of that trip at that date two years ago. If you go with us to Israel, you will learn some things like this. You just missed it. Pastor Brittany, are you in here? Pastor Brittany, could you stand up? Pastor Brittany, would you, would you honor Pastor Brittany right quick for, for what she does? How many, how many other jobs are you working right now? How many other jobs are you working right now besides uh, two other jobs? <laughs> when we say it costs to do ministry, we really mean it. <laughs> Brittany is pastoring the young adults group. She is our SUM cohort advisor. And school of ministry may seem like a new or a modern thought to many of us in the West. Well, I just wanted to show Pastor Brittany this in case she's never seen it. The reason these prophets went to Elisha, the servant of Elijah, who's working, walking in the double portion anointing, presenting their problem that their meeting place is too small is because there was a school of ministry all the way back in the Old Testament. It was called the school of the prophets. What you're doing and giving your life to is biblical, and we honor you for that today. So thank you so much. I also get a weekly report with our trustees from our financial administrator and attendance administrator that said the average weekly attendance of Oaks Church for the calendar year of 2023 was 447 people a Sunday. 404 for the year, averaged out, all the, all the dates averaged out. That seems like something to clap about, right? Right? Ask Pastor Rhonda what she's doing when I say that. She's going, that's 80% of this room. According to Barna, we need to add a second service so the church will stop growing. <laughs> Isn't that exactly true? So if this room and this facility can hold X amount of people, and if we're at 447 a week, we have reached the same problem that this school of ministry has reached. Their meeting place is too small. Their meeting place is too small. Now, this is where you think I'm about to take up an offer, and I'm not take a deep breath. This is going to be all Bible. It's going to be all Bible today. You're generous people, and we honor you for that, and we live in the means that what you give. What I want you to see is that this prophet is being confronted by his students with a problem. Is anybody live in the same world that I live in with problems? Does, does anybody live in the same America that I live in with trials and adversities and woke agenda and this culture that seems to be trying to change and change what God has said about right and wrong and about sin and godliness? Is, is anybody living in the world where kids at nine years old have lost their mind? Is anybody living in a world where your feelings are confusing to you too and you don't even know what you're doing and where you're going for it? That's the world I live in, but I got good news for you today. We are still in the Bible. There was a problem that had arisen in this text, and these young men had the foresight to make this next statement. They said, here's a solution. Let's go down to the Jordan River. 
because there's plenty of resources down there. There's plenty of trees down there. There's plenty of logs down there. Somebody said, well, what are the trees going to help? Well, they were thinking about timber. They were thinking about lumber. They were thinking about two-by-fours. They were thinking about an addition. They were thinking about adding on. What additions do you need in your marriage? What additions do you need in your family? What additions do you need in your finances? What additions do you need in your spirituality? What additions do you need in your walk? I don't know what your additions are, but oftentimes additions are the answers to life's problems. Hello? Additions. We've got to make more room. We've got to grow. We've got to stretch. We've got to expand. We've got to sacrifice. We've got to back up. We've got to give. None of us likes to do that because we're all creatures of habit and we all want everything to stay the same. There's only one problem with that. Nothing that changes ever stays alive. Everything that stays the same eventually dies. All right, he told them, y'all go ahead down there, you whippersnappers. Get your axes out and go cut some timber. But someone said, no, 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 Big Daddy. I ain't going unless you go with me because I got a feeling we're going to run into some problem and we're going to need some oversight, some spiritual oversight. We need you, the man of God, to go with us. He says, okay, I'll go ahead and I'll go with you. When they went down to the River Jordan and they had begun cutting down trees, As one of the young men, the ministry students, was cutting down a tree with an axe, he struck the tree, and the axe head flew off, went into the Jordan River, and all of a sudden, he started crying out, whoa, wait a minute, ho, I lost my cutting edge, I lost my promise, I lost my ability to multiply, I lost my ability to do things supernaturally that I can't do in the natural, and I need some help. And then he makes this statement, and the thing that I'm most upset about is it was lent to me. It was borrowed. (laughs) Anybody ever borrowed tools from somebody? Anybody ever borrowed tools from somebody and not put it back exactly where you found it, like you found it, and how you found it? Anybody ever borrowed your stuff, and the next time you see your stuff, you got to drive somewhere else to go get it, and it's jacked up and tore up from the floor because they didn't care nothing about the stuff they borrowed from you? Like, when I gave you this, it worked fine. It was brand new. It was out of the wrapper. Now I'm not even sure if it can work. This guy is like, oh, Lord, I lost my ability to multiply. Watch this. To product. And I'm upset about that because progress is going to stop and slow down. But I'm also upset that I wasn't faithful with the lent or borrowed gift that had been given to me. I'm upset that we're stalling out in our work, but I'm also upset that I didn't take care of the very thing that somebody I respect and honor gave to me. Wow, double the disappointment, double for your trouble. Which one do you think you would be more upset about? Depends on the day. I'd probably, I'm upset because we progress is stopping, slowing down. I wouldn't be thinking about having to go stand in front of that guy. Man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but on that day, I had to go stand in front of that guy. Man, I lost your stuff. I'd be like, Brooke, can you go over there and tell him that Pastor Todd, I got an errand for you. Can you run? He won't shoot the messenger. See, see, it's not a big deal to you, right? 
because we run down to the hardware store and buy an axe. But this is in the days of the Philistines. No Israelite was allowed a weapon. All they could have was pruning hooks, shearers. If your axe was in existence, you had to pay the Philistines to have an axe, and then you had to pay a Philistine an unusual and enormous amount of money to even sharpen your axe on the grinding stone because you as an Israelite weren't allowed to keep a sharp edge. It's very deep. You don't value what you have until you live in a season where it's not. You, you, you don't value that I got an ax until you ever lived in a day that you didn't have an axe. You don't value the fact that you can pay your water bill every month till you lived in a house with no water. You don't value the fact that you have a family unless you've ever lived in a season without a family. You don't value the fact that you can get up and drive to church unless you ever rode a bicycle or caught a bus. You don't value what you've never not had. This guy was, was saying, I, 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 can't, I can't help but not value this because we don't have this. And the fact that this guy lent me this means I've let him down. And now, not only all of that disappointment, but I'm also in a season where our dream, our expansion, us meeting the needs of our own problems has stalled. And it all centered around a cutting edge. I, I hope this morning you're hearing something beyond the message that I'm sharing. I, I, I hope you're not hearing chainsaws and files and tree cutting and law cut. I, I, I hope you're looking deeper with the eyes of the Spirit into the caverns of your heart, the recesses of your mind, the experiences and the emotions that you feel, the lives that you live, the way that you operate. I know I certainly am as I share it today. I, I hope you're hearing a message about this promised gift of God that can do things for us. I, I've got one for you, and this is when the Holy Spirit told me to share it. Check this out. But the Holy Spirit in your life, this promise cutting edge, He will produce this kind of fruit in your lives, the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, the patience of God, the kindness of God, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the gentleness of God, and the self-control that only God can give. This is what God produces in our lives. And I hope what you're hearing is that if you're missing that cutting edge, you may begin to see it sooner than later, quicker than slower, when all of a sudden you notice you don't have self-control, when you notice you don't have joy, when you notice you're not very loving, when you're not very controlling of your thoughts and of your mind and of your heart. I hope today you're seeing the deeper truth that maybe you've lost your cutting edge. Maybe you've lost your promise that God has given you to produce through you and in you and for you things that you can't produce on your own see man products God produces God produces the grape man products grape jelly <laughs> joke scientist we don't need God we've got it all figured out we can explain him away Okay, we're ready to listen. Here it is. Well, see, what we think we can do is we can take some dirt and we can begin. And God says, whoa, 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 get your own dirt. Get your own dirt. Because I made that. See, 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 we think we made the car, but the raw materials that make the car are God made. 
See, we think we made the computer chip, but the intelligence and the raw materials to make the computer chip, God gave us both the raw material and the wisdom to make them. See, we think we can remake marriage. We think we can remake the family. We think we can remake culture. We think we can remake society, but God has already made them. You're not making anything. You're trying to product some things that God has already produced. Production and producing are two different things. God gave the seed and the earth and the water and the vine that yielded the harvest. Man just comes along, adds way too many preservatives, bottles it and sets it on the piggly wiggly shelf and calls it $3.99 and says, look what I did. <laughs> you ain't done nothing but manipulate what God made. God produces this edge in our lives that helps us be better, be kinder, be loving, be calmer, be sweeter, be more Christ-like. And oftentimes when we look up and that's not there, it's a direct indication that we've lost the axe head. It was just lent to us. It was just borrowed to us. Do we feel more concern over the fact that we once lived without it and now that we know we don't have it again, we're concerned that it's not there? Or do we feel more shame that we mishandled and misappropriated what someone gave us that he entrusted us? Or do we feel more concerned over the fact that my production has stopped with me chasing the American dream? I don't care which one gets your attention, but one of them should. I love this. So the man of God, aren't you grateful right now for that star pupil? You, you're missing it. You know why the man of God was there? Because <laughs> some little star pupil that you thought was a busybody and knew it all and you couldn't stand in the class that was a goody two-shoes, somebody had the horse sense to go and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I got a feeling before we go down there, something's going to happen Well, we're going to need you. Can you come on and go with us? <laughs> So when they got on there and they needed some super on their little jacked up naturals, they went immediately to the man of God and said, hey, we got trouble that only you can fix. <laughs> I done lost it. I done gave it away. I done stole it. I done sold it. I done sold it out. I need some help. The man of God says, listen to this. Listen to this. Where did it fall? Where, where did it fall? Where did it fall? If, if God asked you right now where it fell, would you be honest enough to show him? It fell right there at 3 o'clock in the morning looking at my phone screen. It, it, it fell right there when I sent that nasty message. It, it fell right there when I mishandled the way I treated my kid. It, it, it fell right there when I harbored that bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness. That's, that's where it fell. That's where I lost my cutting edge at. Right there. There it is. It's right there. Man of God. It's right there. Check out. He walks over to a tree. I'm like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. The axe head's over here. He's like, I know. Breaks off a stick. Throws it in the water. Axe head floats to the top. He says, what you waiting on? What you waiting on? Reach out your hand. And grab it and pull it back into your life. You, you, you waiting on somebody to grab it for you. 
You waiting on somebody to do it to you. You waiting on somebody to get it through you. No, no, no. You got to do this. You lost it. You go get it back. Show you a couple of just real quick nuggets that I really want to get to today. Obviously, you've already surmised this. Number one, write this down for your notes and I'll be quick. Problems arise in life. Does anybody feel like doing a Jericho lap on that one right there? Look, I'm not traditional, but I would let you get a flag and run on that one. I would not even have security team stop you and call you down. I may even let them put it on camera. If you just felt like you needed to get up and dance a jig in the Holy Ghost on the devil's head right now, just spit in his face. This brother just said, I thought I was dying, and I'm not minimizing it. My house burned down. I had to crawl back in the house to get my phone to even call 911, but I'm going to stand up here and praise God today and spit in the face of the devil that even when all of hell is against me and life is not for me, I will give glory to God. It don't matter if they like me. It don't matter if they're sweet to me. It don't matter if they feel me. It don't matter if this or that or whatever I predicated my praise on. My praise will be for God in spite of all of it. If you wait to praise God till you feel like it, you'll never praise God. Sometimes you got to praise in order to get the breakthrough. Sometimes you got to praise prophetically for what you're believing for in the reality of what you actually have. Problems arise in life. I got a good, good scripture for you. You ready for this? Jesus said, I have already told you, in this world, you're going to have trouble. <laughs> How many of you like them little promise books? 365 promises of God. Every time you turn a page like Joel Osteen smiling at you, just telling you, you're going to live your best life. <laughs> you know what I've never seen in that book? Here's this promise. You're going to have trouble today, player. <laughs> it's a promise, though. It's in the book. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have a bad spirit, bad attitude. You're going to run into some demon at a red light. Your wife going to want to cuss you out. Your kid's going to disobey. Somebody's going to get mad. It's going to happen inevitably. We live in a fallen world. In this world, I've, Jesus said, listen, I've already told you, you're going to have trouble. But in spite of the trouble or in faces of trouble, be of good cheer. I'm putting that right up there with James. Count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various temptations. I'm like, James, I ain't got there yet. I ain't ready to celebrate trouble yet. I like everything perfect, and when things ain't perfect, I ain't happy. I know me, trust me. James is like, but I need you to smile about it. I don't feel like smiling. So I smile, but on the inside, I ain't smiling. I said, don't argue with God. You know that's how you are too. We all human. Jesus said, you're going to have trouble, but this is what I got to get you to see right here. Put this up there. We all have to work through them. We are Pentecostal. We are spirit-filled. We are people that believe in the miraculous. But listen to me, do not let that become a crutch where you think believing in God is easy believism and every challenge you face, he's going to magically sprinkle fairy dust from heaven and fix your stuff. Because the biggest stuff he's trying to fix, fairy dust don't work on it. You. Me. He gave us free will. He gave us the sovereign ability to have a bad attitude. 
Well, I don't like them. That ain't my color. You've got to choose joy. You've got to choose God. You've got to choose hope. You've got to choose victory. You've got to choose optimism. God gets the glory in you choosing it in spite of not having it. We all got to work through them. He said, look, I love this guy. He says, I know what, we got issues. Let's fix it. Anyone on Oaks Church staff can tell you this. We are not afraid of confronting issues. From balloon launches to not enough seats to not enough room for the, we're not afraid. But don't come in and gripe about a problem and not have a solution. Think through the solution. Don't be saying, I can't wait till y'all fix that. I can't wait till y'all get that straight. Get you some fix up in your work belt and come help us fix it. Don't add a bigger burden on me. Let's share the load together and fix it together. We got to work through it in our marriage. We got to work through it in our community. We got to work through it in our homes. We got to work through it in our hearts. This is God. This isn't me. Check this out. I, I learned this this week. Ooh, my boy Jeff, he, who I know he finna shout me down right now. <laughs> Jeff finna shout me down right now. Miss Courtney Brazier, you here? Courtney, you here? Okay, good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just take all the credit then. <laughs> just kidding. We have a life group. Life groups are about to end in two weeks. Don't forget that. Pastor Brooks been sending out emails. <sighs> Is it the seventh? Yeah, next month on the seventh, life group's in for the summer break. In our life group this week, we covered Galatians chapter 6. Check this out. Just, just listen to me. It's sitting in the notes. You can look it up in your Bible. Galatians 6 and 5 says, each man should carry his own load. Each man should carry his own load. Galatians 6, 2 not 6.5, 6.2 says, carry one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm putting that right up there with the James thing. Like, I don't get that. Wait a minute, you tell me to carry my own stuff and then you tell me to carry somebody else's stuff. <laughs> well, if they was carrying their own stuff, I wouldn't be carrying their stuff. <laughs> don't make no sense. So you got to go a little deeper. You got to go a little deeper. You go a little deeper and you get down in the original language, the Greek, when it says each man should carry his own load refers to the God-determined ability that you have to carry an amount of weight in a backpack on your shoulders. How many of you know each of our abilities are different? Stand up, big O. Woo! Come on up here. Come on up here. This boy looking good, son. He got a girlfriend. He's off the market. He is off the market. Come on. This is my Uncle Jeff's son. Does everybody know Uncle Jeff? So Uncle Jeff's son, Aubrey, named after our Peppa Holly. Aubrey Holly. Aubrey Reynolds. So, how much you think he can carry in a backpack? <laughs> More to me? Go on, say it. You ain't gonna hurt my feeling. <laughs> say yep. Now, Brooke, stand up. I can carry more than her, I promise. I heard you. I heard you, Mike. You said, well, that ain't saying much. <laughs> Okay. The Bible says each man should carry his own load. His capacity may be different than mine. Mine may be different than his. But my God-appointed assignment is my ability. 
You know what his God-appointed assignment is? His ability. Thank you so much. Now stay here with me. Stay here with me. Then the Bible says, verse 2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, if I'm carrying my max, Brandy, and he's carrying his max, how am I going to care more? How is he going to care more? In the Greek language, it means an excess amount above their ability to carry. So if he can carry 300 pounds and I can carry 200 pounds and he's carrying 40 pounds over his ability, the Bible says I have a God assignment to split the load with him and put 20 on me. Now check this out. Most people that will not carry their own load are okay with you carrying more than your load. Most people that won't carry their load, I can carry 50. You look over and they got 35. They say, would you carry my 15? You over here like this with arthritis. Look like a hobbit walking down through there. They play a Nintendo. You mowing the grass. You toting stuff in every Sunday. They vaping. That's too, that's too tight, but right. I'm going to get everybody fired this morning. <laughs> you paying their car note <laughs> and their kids. <laughs> and ain't nobody helped you close up the shop. <laughs> she gone. She, I can't take no more. <laughs> Check this out. People... People that will carry their own load are far more mathematically probable to try and carry too much of a load. The Bible says that we all have to work through it. Put that second point back up there. We got to work through the problems in life. But you can't walk through or work through the problems in life if you don't face the reality that you have a capacity of a load to carry. A lady asked me one time, precious lady in life group, she says, well, when do I know that I've helped somebody too much? And I can tell you when that is now. When your compassion turns to enablement. When I'm enabling you to stay addicted, when I'm enabling you to stay irresponsible, when I'm enabling you to stay mismanaging, when I'm enabling you to still be irresponsible, when I'm enabling you to stay in that broken state, then my compassion has gone too far and become sinful, enabling you to stay wrong. <laughs> Randy, you got a job? How long you worked? Okay. <laughs> You ever ask Oaks Church for any help? We're going to help you. Okay? When people call here and say, hey, I need help. You know what we say? Are you carrying your load? Are you going to work? Are you trying? Are you on a bicycle? Are you trying to get to work? Are you making it to church? Man, we want to help you. My light bill is only $62. You know what that's proof of? You've been paying every light bill. Heck yeah, we'll pay your light bill. It ain't got nothing to do if it's $62, $600 if we see you paying. You call and say, well, I ain't paid my light bill in seven months. 
It's $9,432. You just told me you ain't been carrying your load. And if I bail you out today, you're going to stay broken tomorrow. We've got to belly up and wake up to the truth that we got to work through some of this. Work through our marriages, work through our emotions, work through our dysfunction, work through our hurt, work through our pain. And God's got a gift for us that will make it easier. Thank you. Check this out. Put number three up on the screen. I'm going to let you go. Before I lose everybody today. <laughs> say, woo, they say, I didn't know to come to church today. Oh, Lord. The Holy Spirit is given to us. Listen, listen to what Jesus says. Listen, listen, I, I quoted this last week. Check this out. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Let me just summarize it. To do things you can't do without him. Ecclesiastes, I'm going to quote it, 10 and 10. Using a dull axe requires great strength. So use some horse sense and go out there and get you a sharp blade. How many of you, if you walk by my yard and you saw me doing this? I tried to get this out here so I don't break nothing because you know at the end of the day, if I break it, they give me heck about it. If you walk by my yard and I was out there like this, <laughs> I felt your look. Todd said, don't tear up that hickory handle. Them suckers cost $50. I felt you say it. I felt you. I felt you. <laughs> I'm going to hit it lower, Pop, on the shaft so it won't break it. So somebody, he said, can I have that hand? i use that. All right, so let me get back to it. If you walk by my yard and I was out there doing this, you, you would say, I always knew he was special. <laughs> We're going to have to get him some help. Maybe Brooke will go out there and tell him that ain't going to work. See, see, but why are you laughing at me right now? thinking I'm being ridiculous at the same time I want to tell you something God allows us to see his pastors some of you trying to work on your hearts some of you trying to work on your families some of you trying to work on your marriages some of you trying to work on your ministries some of you trying to work on your finances some of you trying to work on your purity some of you trying to work on whatever dream aspiration promise God's given you and we see you out there laboring killing yourself doing the dumbest thing you could do Trying to chop dead wood with no cutting edge and you're beating yourself to death, you're beating your wife to death, you're beating your friends to death, you're beating your family to death, you're ruining and running off every relationship, poisoning friendship because there's bitterness or there's pain or there's hurt or there's resentment or there's unforgiveness or there's addiction or there's immorality or there's racism in your heart and you think you're getting ahead but you ain't going nowhere, you're going backwards. Ain't got no cutting edge. Ain't got no cutting edge. Excuse me, I'm over here chopping a cord of wood. Don't interrupt me. We're getting our stuff together. Let me know how that goes. Huh? Sure, we're going to conference this week. Getting myself closer to the Lord. Worship starts and you're out there drinking coffee. 
Hey, I'm, I went to church today. I'm getting a sermon. Preacher was preaching. You was texting. Hey, I'm working on being kinder. Next thing you know, you posted on Facebook something ugly because some dummy, some other dummy posted something ugly. Like, I, I want it to get ridiculous. I, wa- I want you to be like, golly, that's hurting my hands for him. Lord, he going to wear himself out. Brooke going to have to wash them clothes twice. I want you to feel that's the reason I keep beating this. I want it to be uncomfortable because the truth of the matter is it ain't near as uncomfortable for me right now as it is for the people around you that can see you trying to go where you say you want to go, but you're not doing it with the gift and the promise that God's given, and you're actually going backwards instead of forward. I want you to see it. Don't, they don't need to hear it from you. They need to see it from you. Number four. It's simple. Pastor Chad, can you come? Here, here, here. Forgive me. I don't got a little carried away today. Don't get mad at me. Most people just cry about it. You, you, you show me in the Bible where crying ever moved God. There are bottles in heaven of your tears. Crying don't move God. Faith moves God. Well, I'm just so hurt. God says, when are you going to move? Well, I'm just so... God's, I'm not saying God's cold or indifferent. I'm saying God's waiting on you to get out of the boat on what appears to be water. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know what faith would look like? Crying out for help. Help says, I don't know it all, and I think I do. I'm reminded every day of what I think I know. Lord, I'm an idiot. I'm like... The more I learned, the less I found out and figured out I really knew. You, you do know I'm preaching to me. We're going to get ahead. We're going to build this church. Oh, Lord, I done caught a cramp in my hamstring. Ah! That's what most of us do. I got a cramp. God ain't moved. God, like, I'm waiting for you to get over there and show me at that computer screen where you lost that Holy Ghost. I'm waiting on you to go on back over there to that piece of wood. You see, you forgot about that. He threw that piece of wood in there. You know what it symbolizes? Calvary. He threw that stick in there. He threw the cross in there. It's come back to repentance. Threw that stick in there. That cross will make impossible things possible. Dead things come to life. Natural things become supernatural. Impossibilities become possibilities. Mountain that won't move to cleave in half and move asunder. He threw that stick in there. Woo! All of a sudden, this ain't supposed to happen. I'd have been like, ah! Put it back up on the screen, media boot, please. Crowd for help. Ah, master, 
It was borrowed. That means something to me. That blade is important to me. That edge is my identity. The man that gave that to me, my stewardship to him as my master is unequivocally important in my life. I want to stand before him on that day and hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom that's been prepared for you. You were faithful with little. I'll make you a ruler over it. He lent me this on his own goodwill. I didn't let it quietly slip away. I didn't quietly let it dissolve in my addiction. I I didn't let it move out of my life. It meant something when it left me. I recognized that productivity stopped. I recognized that that we weren't getting ahead. I recognized that I, I was working in my flesh, but the works of the flesh, check this out, all right. See, I gave you the Joel Osteen side earlier. Gave you the promise. But the works of the flesh, here's what the Bible says. They are evident. They become manifest. You you hear me? When, When you operate in your flesh, the Bible says the first promise is that it comes to the surface. It is evident. The works of the flesh, they are evident. They manifest. When it's you and not God, it's just a matter of time before everybody sees it. The works of the flesh, this is what they are. Sexual immorality. Now, if you want me to define all of those today, I will. But that's sex outside of a marriage between a man and a woman. I say that in love. God loves all people. But God made them in the beginning, Adam and Eve, man and woman. And the first institution that he ever instituted in the earth is the union of marriage and he blessed it any sexual relationship outside of those bonds of marriage is sexual immorality i'll let you fill in the blanks the works of your flesh what your flesh cries out for is impurity lustful pleasures idolatry sorcery hostility quarreling fighting jealousy outburst of anger selfish ambitions dissensions division envy drunkenness orgies wild parties and all of these things alike don't you know these are the desires of your fallen nature it's like tom and jerry kind of white angel red angel really not new nature old nature one from the devil one from god and you're in a tug of war warfare every day of your life of which one you will feed and which one will become the strongest if you feed the flesh and you sow to the flesh from your flesh you will reap destruction it is a promise but if you sow to the spirit from the spirit you will reap life everlasting God, I'm wearing myself out. I'm in my flesh. I'm trying to fool everybody and convince them he's there. 
It's there. It's not there. I'm trying to fake it till I make it. I'm just fronting right now. So everybody thinks I'm okay. So everybody thinks my heart's okay. So everybody thinks my family's okay. Everybody thinks my walk's okay. Everybody thinks my money's okay. Everybody thinks my relationships are okay. But I'm really not God. And what God's trying to get us to see today is we don't have to cry out on Facebook. We don't have to just cry in a pity party. We don't have to tell the church on Sunday morning. We just got to be humble enough and genuine enough to cry out to God, to say, God, I need it to come back. I need some help. I need what I once had that I don't have. Something that I've never had that I know that I should have. Watch this. Last one. Just grab a hold to it. Just grab a hold to it. Just grab a hold to it. Grab a hold to it. May not get what that means. The axe head began to float. Elijah said, just grab it. So the man walked over, reached out his hand, and grabbed it. This promise, Peter said, is for you, for your children. It's for all who are far off. It's for all whom our Lord God shall call. He will give you the supernatural power of this accent. Not just to be an eloquent preacher, not to be an anointed musician, but to be a faithful husband, to be a good mother, to be a good employee, to be a good spiritual leader, to be a good dad, be an upright person, to be somebody that even if it's just carrying your own load, you carry your own load. You're not always looking for somebody to freeload your load off on and then run around still pretending. I got my cut in there. I'm all good. Hey, how y'all doing? People, that sucker over there lying. Got me carrying his load and him trying to act like he is. Cry out. Cry out. It comes back. He says, reach out and grab it. Grab that promise. Grab that thing from God. Here's three things I want to pray. I'm going to get out of the way. Gone long today. I need to quit. Fired up. What problems are you facing right now? See, when I get up here and preach, it's kind of like like I just kind of run through a thesaurus of things that I, I believe in the natural you may be facing. And then every once in a while, the supernatural will get involved and, and God will give me specific enlightenment to something you're facing. But, but I don't know. You, I don't know your problems. You don't know my problems. But here's what I know. We all have problems. And all the heart of your pastor is saying today is this. I don't want anyone in here walking out of here today trying to do this with their kids, trying to do this with their money, trying to do this with their finance, trying to do this with their marriages, trying to do this with their strength, trying to do this with their struggles, trying to do this. All I'm saying today is I love you too much, even if you get mad at me, to leave you broken. I love you too much to let you come in here today and walk out of here still out there beating on a log with an empty axe handle with no cutting edge. You're going to pull a hammy. You're going to break a sweat. You're going to wear yourself out. You're going to pull a shoulder socket. You're going to end up divorced. You're going to 
up married. You're going to end up with the wrong person. You're going to end up with other children. You're going to end up with controversy. You're going to end up with addiction. You're going to end up with more problems. It's going to be worse in the end than it was at the beginning. What you were running from and could have fixed, you're going to end up in a situation seven times more complicated than what you left and didn't face. And I just love you too much today. So what problems are you facing? John, what problems are you facing? Next question. How is or where is your cutting edge? How is it? Man, my prayer today is that you say sharp, and it's true, it's sharp. Some of you may be genuine and say, that's like it looked like it'd been beat on concrete. My edge's so jacked up, I couldn't cut a, I couldn't cut a seven-year rotten log with my edge right now. Guess what this prayer time will do? Guess what worship will do? Guess what repentance will do? You ready for this? Zip. Jonathan, if I'd have talk, thought about it, I'd got you to get a file. You got a file in your truck? Got a file in your truck? Zip. Zip. How many of y'all like that? So how many of you ever heard a file go over the edge of an accident when it's got burrs on it? It's like worse than that. Keep filing on that bad boy. It, it'll get with a little oil, a little water, a little spit. It'll get like a little singer sewing machine. Zin, zin, zin. It'll start. Zin, zin, zin. You get that back. You get it so sharp. Shave your hair with it. How's your axe head? How's your cutting edge? How, how is the fruit that God produces? Not the manufactured production of what you've tried to convince everybody you have. Or where is it? It's not there, Pastor. No, not Pastor. It's not there, God. Do you just need to ask for some help? 